praise the Lord, how great it is to be able to worship, even worship online with you. And uh, listen, first of all, I want to welcome you. I know many of you watch uh, every week, you watch this already. Uh, and there's a lot of people out there that go to the church here and they sit in the sanctuary and worship the Lord with us. And I'm sure more and more people will be joining us tonight and then throughout the week to come. And uh, listen, we're going to have a terrific time here tonight. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, we're going to be uh, looking at the book of Daniel, but only a couple of verses. And in that, you're going to see this connection today. And this is what we're going to find out tonight. Why the things that the Bible says regarding Bible prophecy will happen. In fact, why they must happen. So let me bring up my portable, uh, my portable pulpit here as we get into the book of Daniel. And also, before we get into that, I want to uh, just bring a couple of things to your attention. Listen, this is what we're going to do. Uh, starting next Sunday night, we're going to be bringing in guests that I'm going to interview. Uh, we had James Cadiz here last week. He is coming back uh, next Sunday night. He's going to be joining me live at 5 o'clock, and we're going to be talking about all these things that, that are going on. The week after that is going to be Tim Thompson, and then Easter's coming up after that. Listen, things are exciting and uh, we need to be prepared. I believe that Jesus could come at any moment. And we're going to be looking at that in just a second. But right now I need to talk to you about something else that for me is a serious matter. And here's the scoop. Uh, I pastor this church. I've been pastor at this church, 412 Church, for about 15 years now. Uh, just over 15 years. And in that, I want to encourage you uh, regarding tithing or donating uh, to the ministry here. In fact, you can donate you can give online. If you look on your computer right now, you'll see a give opportunity. And, and with that, uh, it's, it's a tax-refundable gift. But, I, but I'm going to ask you to do this. The giving has gone way down here uh, since we're not meeting at church. Apparently, some people feel like if they don't go into a building, then they don't have to give or whatever. Listen, uh, we're giving to God, and it's understanding a giving is an act of worship to the Lord, and we're not supposed to neglect the house of the Lord or neglect putting him first in that sense. And I'm going to encourage you, and I'm even going to ask you, that you would please consider giving uh, a donation of $20 uh, this week or this month, or, or start at $20, even give more. But it would be a huge help to our ministry as we want to continue to go forward. Uh, we still have bills to pay. We still want to move forward. This world is changing and for some reason, a lot of Christians just in the last week are like, well, I guess uh, I guess I won't give anymore. I guess that's not that important. Listen, it is. Uh, giving is an expression of where our heart is with the Lord. So I'm going to ask you, if you give, you it'll take you actually, when you give at Hope for Our Times at the YouTube or at the, at the uh, website, give for, at Hope for Our Times, it'll actually take you to the 412 church link. So it's, it's tax deductible, as I mentioned. And again, I would ask you that you please pray about that. And, uh, and even join us uh, in the partnership of being able to continue the ministry, looking forward to what God is going to do. And I'll be quite frank, we would really appreciate your help. Uh, this world is changing. Jesus is coming. And, uh, and I look at this, and we are here to keep God first. Uh, with that, uh, I'm excited about the things we're going to talk about tonight. And I would like to just get going with that. Again, James Cadiz will be with me next week. We're excited, as you have guessed. Uh, all of the current prophecy conferences, they're on hold. They're all being rescheduled. Seattle rescheduled. Uh, the prophecy watchers in Colorado 
reschedule, but I'll keep you updated on these things, and I'm going to keep you updated throughout the week, but let's you and I get going as we are looking at the book of Daniel. So consider this. I look at Daniel chapter 9, just a few verses we're going to look at in just a second, and I want to assure you it will happen. What will happen? All the prophetic word regarding what God has told us in his Bible. It's going to come to pass. It's going to come to pass exactly as God said it is going to come to pass. In fact, I'm even going to prove it in the next few minutes why it has to and why I believe the events that we are experiencing today worldwide are all leading up to what we're going to talk about here in just a minute. So let's look at some things. We look at some of these pictures. Here's one you can see on your screen right now. And we have social distancing. And you'll look at that, uh, people making sure that they are keeping their six foot, uh, their six foot uh, whatever, distance from other people. And you look at this, if you were to th think back just a couple of weeks, you would think this will never happen in the world. This will never happen in America. Yet here we are. The world has changed. When I look at church and thinking about not being able to meet in church, I would have thought it's going to be some political thing, some government thing, uh, a coup that's going to take over force churches to go into homes like they've done in China. Who would have thought it was going to be this virus, uh, this coronavirus scare that's happening that is actually causing even churches to disband where God's people are scattered. Now, in that, I see a silver lining that the gospel is being spread into neighborhoods that were, that were previously being ignored. But I look at this as a big shout from heaven. God is getting the world's attention. But let's move on from here. This is from Drudge Report just today. What does this say? Uh, Como out of New York says, 80% will get the virus, nine-month crisis. That's the time that it takes to have a, a, a baby. Nine months. Wow. A billion confined to homes. That'd be worldwide. Pope calls for prayer. Remember when Pence did that recently here in America? Had his, his team and they were praying about the coronavirus a few weeks ago and how up in arms the left got over that. Now you look at this, the Pope calls for prayer. Nobody complains about that. I think there's some rather suspicious things that are actually going on with all of this coronavirus stuff. We're going to get into that. Then there's this, the Fed is ready with four trillion dollars do you have any idea how much money that is i look at that and i'm saying look out for what is coming in the future and there's this this uh, testings are still botched so we see these reports then coming out of texas texas governor to declare civil emergency restrict restrict travel and impose curfew people say well that'll never happen in texas well guess what texas is in the mix and then there's this article We've got the coronavirus vaccine, says Pentagon-funded company. We're hearing about this vaccine. I'm going to get into vaccines in a few minutes, too. But we also hear about this other drug that's out there. Apparently, a week ago, or two weeks ago, the drug was only a, a five cents. And now it's just skyrocketed because they're saying this drug can treat people and, uh, who have coronavirus. So we're watching all of these different dynamics. The different things that we're reading in the news, and quite frankly, it's kind of hard to even figure out what in the world is really going on. And then we look at this. Scientists, check this out, the opposite side. Scientists with four degrees from MIT warns deep state is using coronavirus fear-mongering to suppress dissent. So which one is it? Is this real? Is it fake? Are doctors being lied to? Is the World Health Organization behind this? Is the deep state in the World Health Organization, the Center for Disease Control? What in the world is really going on when you see something like this also? 
And then we look at this, and this is what I want to get to for a few minutes. ID2020 and partners launch program to provide digital ID with vaccines. This, to me, is remarkable, and you need to pay attention. Listen to this. Here's this article. Immunization, an entry point for digital identity. Did you catch that? Immun uh, immunization, vaccines, entry point for digital identity. Now check this out. This article is from two years ago, March of 2018. I read things like this, and it makes me wonder. I, I, I'm not sure what's fake news, and I'm very concerned. With World Health Day around the corner on April 7th, again, this is two years ago, we'd like to bring attention to the intersection of global health and digital identity. Did you get that? Global health and digital identity, and specifically the opportunity for immunization rates to scale digital identity amongst the most hard-to-reach children. Globally, an estimated 95% of children receive at least one dose of some vaccine. So you look at that and you're going, this is really fascinating. But then there's this, which is based off this article that you see on your, on your monitor. The coronavirus COVID-19 pandemic, the real danger is Agenda ID 2020. What is the infamous ID 2020? It is an alliance of public and private partners, including UN agencies and civil society. It's an electronic ID program that uses generalized vaccination as a platform for digital identity. Look, this isn't rocket science. The Bible tells us in Revelation chapter 13 that everyone is going to receive a mark. Listen, I'm going to get more into this digital identity and uh, uh, ID and the immunization in a few more minutes as we look at Daniel and see where this is going. But for me... Uh, knowing what the Bible says, man, you should be paying attention because I can see this coming like a freight train. I want you to think, just a couple of weeks ago, it was a whole different world we live in. When I say world, I literally mean the world. I'm not talking about just California. I'm not talking about just the United States. It is the world. And like that, a, a, a switch was flipped, and this is the world. All of a sudden, notice this, the entire world is in submission to this uh, whatever it is. Uh, Trump is in, is in agreement with Gavin Newsom from California. How do you figure that could ever be possible? You start looking at this and you're going, what in the world is going on? Is there an entity that is stronger than Trump that is calling the shots? Is there a person at the top? Look, look I look at this and I think of Revelation chapter 17 where the Bible is very clear. There will be 10 kings that are going to rule this global empire that is in submission to it. These 10 kings, these 10 elite rulers. And then they're going to appoint their man, the beast, a.k.a. the Antichrist, to rule it. And I'm looking, going, man, I, it looks to me like we are watching, we are living the birth of this new world order. We are living it. Let's move on to this next article. And this is from Mike Adams out of Natural News. And I'm not going to read all of this. It's a pretty long article. I'm just going to highlight a few things. Uh, ten, prediction, uh, of, uh, ten predictions covering what will happen when America, in America, excuse me, over the next 12 weeks due to the coronavirus. Number one, the hospitals in New York City will shortly be completely overrun. Uh, no doubt about that. Number two, the intensity of the desperation among the unprepared masses will soon shift from the scared stage to the violence stage. 
I don't know what it's like where you are, but I can tell you here in California, it, things like, it seems like things are definitely switching to that. Number three, <clears throat> we will soon see, uh, we will soon see entire cities locked down in the USA. I'm, I'm thinking this is a few days ago. Uh, it is. This is a week ago we are watching this. Number four, unless roads are totally locked down within six to eight weeks, many people in the cities will begin to flee to those cities, uh, will begin to flee from those cities and swarm the rural areas, desperately seeking food, water, medicine, shelter. Uh, and this will be a human locust wave of unprepared leftists, who, he writes, who just a month ago were mocking rural preppers as rednecks and as kooks. Uh, and then he says, be, my advice, be ready and be prepared. Number five, the run on guns and ammo will expand into runs on communication uh, radios, uh, number six, there's a possibility that President Trump may use the nationwide lockdown situation that's unfolding to dispatch the military police to arrest all anti-America traitors, listen to this, with names like Comey, Brennan, McCabe, uh, Obama, and so on. It would be the ideal time to drain the swamp, he says, for all the treasonous acts that, that have been committed. Uh, number eight, and I'll stop after this one, it's very likely that Trump will declare a UPS, FedEx, the USPS, uh, the Postal Service, to be critical infrastructure. Wait, one more I'll read. Uh, this is the 10th one. The United States of America, as we know it today, will not survive the next two years. I believe it. I'm looking at this, and I'm alarmed uh, at the way we see it. Listen, with, I want you to consider this. If you're familiar with Agenda 2030, Agenda 2030 is full of climate laws, and the, the intent of Agenda 2030 was to make the entire world a third world place. It wasn't to bring third world countries up to the standard of the United States. Agenda 20, uh, uh, 2030, it has in it the, the intent to bring the United States down into third world status. And I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, uh, what in the world, as I mentioned this already, is going on? You start looking at this, and I believe climate laws are going to come from uh, this, along with vaccination laws and ID laws. Listen, we're going to get into this in just a minute with Daniel, but let me get to a couple more stories. Here's this from Gateway Pundit, COVID-19 in the U.S. Doomsday numbers just don't add up. So what they're saying is you hear doomsday numbers, everybody's going to die from this. Almost everybody's going to get it to, wait a minute, Hardly anybody's actually dying from this. Why are these things really being reported this way? What is the real motive behind all of this? And then we have this. Half of Americans don't trust mainstream media's COVID-19 coverage. Well, I say to that, well, duh. I mean, you look, you go, what's fake news? You don't know who to believe, but I'm very suspicious about a lot of these things that we are seeing. So let's get into it. In Daniel chapter 9, I want to look at this subject right now. And the subject is simple as this. It will happen. What will happen? I'll tell you right now what will happen. The fulfillment of all Bible prophecy. And let me tell you something. It's coming, and I believe we have a huge wake-up call for those who have not been paying attention to what the Bible has to say. So check this out. Daniel chapter 9, beginning in verse 20. Let me back up a little bit. If you've been with us, in Daniel chapter 9, Daniel had been uh, praying and, and in Daniel chapter 9, verse 20, he's given an answer to his prayer about the nation of Israel and what is coming in the last days. So with that, are you ready? Check it out. Daniel chapter 9, verse 20. Daniel writes, Now while I was speaking and praying and confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel 
and presenting my supplication before the Lord my God for the holy mountain of my God. Yes, while I was speaking in prayer, the man Gabriel, whom I had seen in the vision at the beginning, being caused to fly swiftly, he reached me about the time of the evening offering. And he informed me and talked with me and said, O Daniel, I have now come to tell you, for you are greatly beloved. Therefore, consider the matter and understand the vision. Daniel, I'm going to answer your prayer on what the vision is about that you've been seeing. Here it is. You ready? Verse 24. Daniel, think of this. Seventy weeks are determined for your people and for your holy city to finish the transgression, to make an end of sins, to make reconciliation for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy. Know therefore and understand. Listen, God wants us to know and he wants us to understand that from the going forth of the command to restore and build Jerusalem, verse 25, until the Messiah, the Prince, there shall be seven weeks and 69 weeks, or seven weeks and 62 weeks. That's a total of 69. So Daniel is told by this angel, there's going to be a total of 70 weeks, ah, but the last week, the 70th week, isn't quite yet. But there will be a total of 69 weeks before the Messiah comes. Talking about the first coming of Christ. The street will be built again, and the wall, that was happening in the time of Nehemiah, even in troublesome times. And after the end of the 62 weeks, or the total of 7 plus 62, the 69, uh, 69 weeks. After the end of all those weeks, the Messiah will be cut off, but not for himself. The Messiah, Jesus, he was cut off. He was crucified on a cross. That's what this is a prophecy about. And the people of the prince who is to come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. What's the city? Jerusalem, what's sanctuary? That is uh, the temple in Jerusalem. That happened by the Romans in 70 AD. There's a prince that's coming out of those people that's speaking of Antichrist. In the future, the Antichrist is going to come until the end of the war of desolations are determined. And then he, verse 27, shall confirm a covenant with many for one week. That'd be one week, the 70th week of Daniel. That term there means seven years. I'll get into that next time. I'm not going to define that tonight. I'll define that for you next time, that 70th week, the seven-year tribulation period, because there's something else that you must see here tonight. In the middle of the week, the Antichrist will bring an end to sacrifice and offering, and on the wing of abomination shall be one who makes desolate, even until the consummation which is determined is poured out on the desolate. So what in the world is all this about? Folks, this is remarkable, and I believe we can see it coming like a freight train, especially today. More than we could two weeks ago. We are watching. God is about ready to fulfill his prophecies. It will happen. Two main things I want you to check out tonight. Here's the first one. It's the sovereignty of God. You can say the sovereignty of God or, just the so or also the sovereignty of God over Israel. This is specific about Israel, but it's the sovereignty over all things in all Bible prophecy. Uh, consider this. Verse 24, again, says 70 weeks are determined for your people and for your holy city. Um, what is this about? Again, this is about the coming tribulation period. Uh, what happens during the tribulation period? Jesus defined this for us in Matthew chapter 24, beginning in verse 15. He said this, speaking of that tribulation that's coming. When you see the abomination of desolation, spoken of by Daniel the prophet, standing in the holy place, 
Whoever reads, let him understand. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let him who is in the, on the housetop not go down to take anything out of his house. And let him who is in the field not go back to get his clothes. But woe to those who are pregnant and to those who are nursing babies in those days. And pray that your flight may not be in the winter or, in, or on the Sabbath. For there will be great tribulation, such as has not been since the beginning of the world until this time, no, nor ever shall be. Seventy weeks are determined for your people. Jesus said in Matthew 24, let him who reads understand. This abomination that's coming, Daniel wrote about it. Daniel wrote about it here in Daniel chapter 9 talking about the time when the Antichrist steps into the temple and demands to be worshipped as God. It's the abomination of desolation. This is what Jesus is saying. This is the final week of Daniel, the 70th week of Daniel, the final seven-year period, the great tribulation that is coming, and the days, as you can see in the last part of that scripture, uh, there's never been days like it before. Listen, we are living in days right now, and it's looking like this world hasn't gone something, uh, through something like this before. I was talking with one of my friends earlier this morning. He's a pastor. And I said, I wish I had a reference point to say, well, I remember last time we went through this, this is how we dealt with it. None of us on the entire planet can say that right now. Not one person on the planet can say, well, this is how we dealt with this situation last time, because we have never been through this before. Uh, but here it says, 70 weeks are determined. Who's doing the determining? This is God. God is sovereign. God has determined it. It is going to happen. God is going to fulfill his promises, and he's going to fulfill his prophecies. And I believe, folks, I've already mentioned it, that we have this massive warning shot, this massive uh, wake-up call from God right now worldwide. People need Jesus and need to turn, him, turn to him. Jesus is coming back. But consider this. Listen to this. Prophecy will happen. It cannot be changed. And I'm going to deal with this subject right now. Listen. This passage in Daniel chapter 9, verse 24 alone, it refutes two different types of theology. It refutes kingdom now theology and it refutes replacement theology. What is kingdom now theology? Kingdom now theology says, listen, the church is going to fix the world and then after we get this utopian Christian world, then Jesus will say, wow, you've done a great job. Now he's going to come back. That is not what the Bible teaches. And I hear this kind of stuff out there all the time. Look at this world. The church is not fixing this world. This world has got major problems. We have, we have all kinds of sin issues going on in this world that people are completely ignoring. And then we see the world that is just completely falling apart. I'm going to tell you something right now. The, the world may be looking like it's falling apart, but actually all the prophetic pieces of the puzzle are falling into place. All these things point to, listen, it's not about kingdom now theology. The church isn't going to fix the world. The church is supposed to be about sharing the gospel of Jesus that people will get saved. And the day is coming when Jesus is going to return. Jesus is going to fix the world when he returns and he rules and reigns from Jerusalem. And we have this incredible millennial kingdom. The church is not the one that's going to fix it. And we got a wake up call for that. Also, this refutes Daniel chapter 9. Does, it refutes replacement theology. What does replacement theology say? 
Replacement theology says God is done with the Jews. God is done with Israel. He has no need for them anymore. The Jews don't have any right to the land. But that is not what, at all what the Bible teaches. Listen, God is not done with the Jews. He's not done with Israel. And Daniel chapter 9, verse 24 proves it. I also find this interesting for my, my, my friends and acquaintances that believe uh, replacement theology. They, take, they, they say all the promises uh, of, of God are meant for the church. They're not meant for the Jews anymore. The Jews got, uh, lost those uh, promises to them when Christ was crucified. That's not what the Bible teaches. What I find so remarkable about my friends that say that, they'll take the promises of the blessings to Israel and say, these are for us, but they don't take the promises of the judgments. In fact, they completely ignore that there's a tribulation period that's coming. They say that's just a whole bunch of hogwash. You can't believe the prophecies regarding the second coming of Christ. And on down the list they go. Interesting, it's a pick and choose theology. Uh, but nevertheless, consider this with Daniel. How does this, Daniel chapter 9, verse 24, refute replacement theology? Listen, Daniel chapter 9, verse 24 says, God says, 70 weeks are determined for your people. Who are your people? Your people is the Jews. How do we know that? God tells us. They're his people. Listen, God made a covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God had the Davidic covenant with, with David, who was a Jew, where the Messiah was going to come. The Messiah, Jesus, is a Jew. And you look at this, and you, God had chosen the Jewish people for his purposes. He had to choose someone. He chose them, and some people just can't. They need to get over that. That's what the Bible teaches. Listen, 70 weeks are determined for the Jewish people. Listen, there's a seven-year period. That hasn't been fulfilled yet. That is what God is letting us know. That's why Jesus said, when you see the abomination of desolation, that's still coming, and I don't believe it's very far off. Consider this. In 1 Samuel chapter 9, God says, my people Israel. Also, 36 times in the Old Testament, God says, my people Israel. So 70 weeks are determined for your people and for your city. What is your city? It's Jerusalem. Listen, this is speaking of the Jewish people and it's speaking of the city of Jerusalem. And Jesus is going to come back. He's going to rule and reign from Jerusalem. Zechariah chapter 2 says this. This is God speaking. Up Zion with an exclamation mark. Escape, you who dwell with the daughter of Babylon. For thus says the Lord of hosts, he sent me after glory to the nations which plunder you. For he who touches you touches the apple of my eye. That's what God says about the city of Jerusalem. He who touches you touches the apple of my eye. Also considering the Jews coming back to Jerusalem. Isaiah chapter 11, verse 11 says, It shall come to pass in that day that the Lord shall set his hand again the second time to recover the remnant of his people who are left. And then it goes on and says, He will set up a banner for the nations and will assemble the outcasts of Israel and gather together the dispersed of Judah from the four corners of the earth. God says, I'm going to do that a second time. Listen, people will talk to me and say, well, couldn't there just be a big reset button and, and the Jews are scattered out throughout the four corners of the earth again and God brings them back a third time? No. Isaiah says, God tells us through Isaiah a second time. Listen, Israel was officially gathered back to the land in 1948. Jerusalem, 
they've had since 1967. Listen, this is winding down, and we need to wake up. And again, we have this giant wake-up call. It's like God is yelling from heaven that we should wake up, that we need to be prepared. So you look at Israel, and you look at how this refutes replacement theology. Listen, people, again, say God has done with Israel. He is not. Romans chapter 11, the New Testament. Uh, some, some, some people say, well, that other stuff was Old Testament. Here's the New Testament. Romans chapter 11. Has God cast away his people? Certainly not. And then Romans chapter 11, verse 25, goes on and says, For I do not desire, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery. Don't be ignorant of these mysteries regarding the prophetic word of God. All of God's prophecies will be fulfilled. Lest, if you're ignorant, lest you should be wise in your own opinion, that blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. You're going to be wise in your own opinion. Listen, don't be that way. Here's the fact of the matter. Israel is blind in part right now. Some Jews are saved. Some Jews are thinking they're having a hard time receiving the Messiah, Jesus being the Messiah, until the, the fullness of the Gentiles has come. Listen, I believe we are just about there. I'm going to show you something else in just a second. But one more thing regarding the nation of Israel. God says, I will plant Israel in their own land. Amos chapter 9. Never again to be uprooted. From the land I have given them, says the Lord your God. Listen, I look at this. These prophecies are going to be fulfilled. Daniel is writing from the perspective of how God is going to finish these prophecies with the nation of Israel. And because of that, we are witnessing these events take place uh, throughout the whole world. Listen, consider this. I was talking with one of my friends just the other day who's Jewish. He doesn't believe in, in Jesus being the Messiah. And, he's, and we're talking about what in the world is going on. And I said, I'll tell you what in the world is going on. The world is, is experiencing these things because of you and your people and God's covenant uh, with, with you guys. That's what is taking place. Bible prophecy is going to be fulfilled. Uh, consider this. Uh, right now, we've been witnessing fires all over Israel, uh, just destroying uh, all over Australia, destroying Australia. There's earthquakes in various places throughout the world. We are witnessing economic upheaval, and quite possibly economic upheaval that this world has never experienced before. But you want to know something? In the tribulation period, when you come to the rider on the, the, the third horse, the third horseman of the apocalypse, the black horse, that economic upheaval is going to be even worse, and it will definitely be worse than anything the world has ever experienced before. Not only those things, right now there are plagues of locusts. Here's one you can see on your screen right now. Plague of locusts set to descend upon the Middle East in time for Passover. Locust plagues are happening. These are wake-up calls. And it's not just there. Locust plagues that have destroyed uh, parts of Africa. Deva billions of locusts devouring farms in 30 seconds. You talk about a famine problem that we aren't even paying attention to. You start looking at all of these things that are going on, and then you come back to this, because i got to get back to this. When we put all of these things together, listen, we're witnessing what God is doing. Look at this article right here. Coronavirus will change how we shop, travel, and work for years. Now, I'm going to explain something to you that I really believe everybody needs to pay attention to. When 9-11 happened, I was teaching Bible prophecy at the time, 2001, 
And it happened, I believe it was a Tuesday, that Friday, I taught a Bible study, and I said, you wait, you watch, you see. Laws are going to change. They're going to change immediately. Travel's not going to be the same. We're going to go through scanners. There's going to be this push to make sure that everybody is going to be identified. And I went on down this list of various things that people could expect. And sure enough, that is the world that we were immediately launched into during the days of uh, President Bush. And you'll look at that, and then you look at where we are right now, and I can guarantee you that laws are going to change because of coronavirus. Listen, whether or not it is bad, as some of the reports are saying from the World Health Organization, the death rate is terrible, or whether or not it's not really that bad at all, here's the fact of the matter. We are living it, we are experiencing it, laws are going to change. This is what's going to happen. I'll give you one example. You're going to start to go places, and you're going to be required to have a vaccine. Uh, the world's going to, this is going to come about. The whole world's going to be required to have a vaccine. Consider the article I read just a little bit ago about the ID2020. The perfect way, written in 2018 was that article. The perfect way to get the world vaccinated, ultimately to get the world ID'd. Listen, again, Revelation chapter 13 everybody must receive the mark of the beast or they will not be able to buy or sell. Your buying and selling will be electronically, everything's in a database. It already is. I'm telling you right now, it's the, the, the database is only growing and you're going to be monitored. Listen, if you resist this whole, these laws that are going to come, because this is what's going to come out of this. If you say, well, I don't want to be vaccinated, guess what? You're going to be breaking the law. Listen, right now, you meet over 10 people in a building, you're breaking the law. And, and we're all submitting to it. You're going to be shamed. Oh, you're one of, oh, you're one of those people. That, oh, you're not going to take a shot. Oh, I think I'm going to call the police on you. Listen, go out and murder somebody, that's okay. Or rip off somebody, that's okay. But not receive a shot? Aha, you can see the, 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 this shame that's going to come. It's going to come from the medical places. It's going to come from the insurance companies. It's going to be coming from every area of society, just like this is right now. And uh, it's going to be, well, you better comply. You need to. You need to be a good member of this world. Oh, by the way, and we got to ID everybody, too. Because if you're not ID'd, how can we keep track of everything? Listen, this is coming like it or not. That's just one example. You can see this, this pretty, and mark my words. You heard it here, and I'm sure you're going to read it elsewhere. I'm very, very, very concerned about what I see coming with what the Bible says, the direction things are going. I, I think of George Orwell's uh, work, 1984, the direction we see things going. And this didn't even require a great government coup. It was just this, this pandemic. And boom, baby, we are in it. And then I want you to think of this, something else that's going to come out of this. Climate laws from Agenda 2030 are going to come about. And the UN, they are going to come about. Those, those laws that determine where you can live, where you can't live. Um, and the identification uh, that's going to be required also with these various climate laws that are going to come about. The kind of food you're going to be able to eat and not going to be able to eat. These things are going to come. And this is how it's going to come about. See how bad, this is what it's going to be. See how bad it was with that pandemic? If you don't comply to these climate laws, shame on you, jail time for you. Listen, I've read these climate laws. I have them in my book, America in the New World Order. I've listened to them in there. I know what they are. And these things are about submitting uh, the, the, all the nation states of the world to a global government 
and ultimately we know from the Bible to the Antichrist who's going to oversee that whole thing. Friends, we can see this coming like a freight train. This thing is coming full speed ahead, and it happened just like that. Wow. Listen, let's get back into Daniel and see how this goes. So we saw the sovereignty of God. We also noticed, number two, this is the last thing, the sins of the people. Verse 24 again. What do we read here? It says this, 70 weeks are determined for your people. For your holy city, that's the Jews and the city of Jerusalem, well, for to finish the transgression, to make an end of sins, to make reconciliation for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up vision of prophecy, and to anoint the most holy. Listen, the seven-year tribulation period has to come. Why? Because God says, I'm going to do all these things. Jesus is not going to be anointed and ruling and reigning from Jerusalem until all of this comes about. And God says, it is coming about. Jesus is coming. You can, you, you can, uh, you can take that to the bank of heaven because it is true. It will happen exactly as the Bible says. Uh, but it starts off here. What else? To finish the transgression. What does that mean? The word transgression comes from the Hebrew word. It means a revolt or a rebellion. This would be speaking of Israel's apostasy, a rebellion against the God who loved Israel. The prophet Ezekiel wrote about his love for them and their rebellion. Listen, this is long. It's got several verses, but if you can check this out, it'll help you to really focus on why God says this is going to happen, but what happened, what went wrong with the nation of Israel and God's love for them. So this is what Ezekiel teaches us about the need for God to finish the transgression and the revolt that Israel had against God. You ready? Ezekiel chapter 16. Thus says the Lord God to Jerusalem, your birth and your nativity are from the land of Canaan. Your father was an Amorite and your mother a Hittite. On the day that you were born, your navel cord was not cut, nor were you washed in water to cleanse you. You were not rubbed with salt nor wrapped in swaddling cloths. This is God's giving us a picture of Israel, but using the picture of this baby born to these other people. No eye pitied you. You were ignored. Nobody wanted you, you Jews. No eye pitied you to do any of these things for you, to have compassion on you. But you were thrown out into the open field. When you yourself were loathed on the day that you were born, like an abandoned baby, that's what you were. Yet, God continues, And when I passed by you and saw you struggling in your own blood, I said to you in your blood, live. Yes, I said to you in your blood, live. I made you thrive like a plant in the field, and you grew, matured, and became very beautiful. I washed you in water. Yes, I thoroughly washed off your blood, and I anointed you with oil. I clothed you in embroidered cloth and fine linen and covered you with silk. I adorned you with ornaments, put bracelets on your wrists and a chain on your neck, and I put a jewel in your nose, earrings in your eyes, and earrings in your ears, and a beautiful crown on your head. Thus you were adorned with gold and silver, and your clothing was of fine linen, silk, and embroidered cloth. You ate pastry of fine flour, honey, and oil. You were exceedingly beautiful and succeeded to royalty. 
Your fame went out among the nations because of your beauty, for it was perfect through my splendor which I have bestowed on you, says the Lord God. Listen, I think of this. The splendor that God has bestowed upon his people, the church. And I believe that the church doesn't pay much attention to the Lord Jesus Christ anymore. The immediate application is the nation of Israel. But I look at this, and I think the church needs a massive awakening. I'm not so, so sure much of the churches has ever even been awake, but people have gone to church. Listen, we need to wake up. We need a revival. We need to turn to God. Back to the nation of Israel and God. Ezekiel continued. God continued in Ezekiel. But you trusted in your own beauty. You played the harlot because of your fame. You took some of your garments and adorned multicolored high places for yourself and played the harlot on them. You have also taken your beautiful jewelry from my gold and my silver which I had given you and made for yourself male images and played the harlot with them. Wow, does this sound like America? Even within the church? Also my food which I gave you, the pastry of fine flour, oil and honey which I fed you. You set it before them as a sweet incense and so it was, says the Lord God. Moreover, you took your sons and your daughters whom you bore to me, and these you sacrificed to them to be devoured. Wow, I think of abortion. How many millions of babies have been aborted in America and the churches just sat by? But God is speaking directly to the nation of Israel back then. And God says, listen, I'm going to finish this stuff. I'm done with it. I'm going to finish it. I'm going to do exactly what I said in the tribulation period, the 70th week of Daniel, the final seven years is coming. And God says this in Ezekiel 16. Woe, woe to you, says the Lord God. I look at this and I just think, folks, uh, this is a, a, a amazing to, to think of these things that God is telling us. He says, I'm going to bring an end to the rebellion. I'm going to bring an end to the rebellion of man. I'm going to bring an end to the rebellion of the nation of Israel, of my people, the Jews. I will do what I have said I am going to do. How does this work out? God tells us in Zechariah chapter 12, I will pour on the house of David and on the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and supplication, and then they will look on me whom they have pierced. Yes, they will mourn for him as one mourns for his only son and grieve for him as one grieves for his firstborn. In that day there shall be great mourning in Jerusalem. In that day there will be great mourning in Jerusalem. Wow. I look at this and just think, unbelievable. But this is a warning to God. And then Zechariah chapter 12 continues, In that day a fountain shall be opened for the house of David and for the inhabitants of Jerusalem for sin and for uncleanness. Listen, God says He's going to finish the transgression and He is going to make an end of sins. Listen, we're almost done. I know this is a lot. But friends, I've got to tell you something. We need to wake up. And we need to be praying for those who don't know the Lord. We need to be praying for churches. Churches are scattered. Maybe I look and think, you look at many other nations in the world. They haven't had the freedom to, to worship in a church the way we have in America. But listen, the game has changed. Everything has changed. And we need to get right with the Lord Jesus Christ. And listen, repentance starts in the house of God. But I look at this, God's talking specifically to the Jewish people. So these prophecies are going to be fulfilled. We're going to experience them. The world is going to experience them. 
And ultimately, it's about God restoring the Jewish people, bringing them back to himself. He is going to do it. He says, I'm going to do it. The seven-year tribulation period is coming. Why? To finish the transgression, to make an end of sins. This is a hard passage to handle when we think of some of the destruction that is coming to this world during the tribulation period. But quite frankly, look what we've already seen. Look what we are experiencing. We are living this current experience. And I want you to multiply this times 100 because that's what's coming in the tribulation. I know that just freaked out a lot of you. And you don't want to hear that. But I'm telling you, listen, I'd be lying if I weren't telling you the truth. We need a wake-up call. We need to realize what in the world is really going on. Listen, I'm, I'm hoping that, that in the one sense, hey, things will start being really nice. Everybody gets back to normal here in a couple of weeks. Everything's great. We can all go on. Uh, it just gets all back to normal. But listen, ultimately, I don't know how it's going to be in a few weeks. I don't know how it's going to be in six months. But ultimately, I do know this. God's going to make an end to transgression. He's going to make an end to sin. But the day is coming when Jesus is coming again. And all of these things point to that. Zechariah chapter 13 tells us this about God drawing his people back to himself. It shall come to pass in all the land, says the Lord, that two-thirds in it shall be cut off and die, but one-third shall be left in it. This is speaking of the nation of Israel and the Jewish people. This is a hard passage to stomach. God says, I will bring the one-third through the fire. Remember, he's going to make an end of sin. I, I will refine them as silver is refined and test them as gold is tested. They will call on my name and I will answer them. I will say, this is my people and each one will say, the Lord is my God. Listen, trials test our genuineness the way the fire tests gold. And God's saying, listen, I'm going to test my people. They're going to go through it. I put an end to the transgression, an end to the sin, and they are going to say, God is my God, and God's going to say, these are my people. That's the direction it's going. Don't be surprised. I've been preaching these things for years. If you've been studying Bible prophecy, you've been studying these things for years. We know things are going this direction, but ultimately it is the restoration of all things. Jesus is coming again. What else? Is, he, he does this. Seventy weeks are determined for your people in your holy city also to make reconciliation for iniquity. Listen, we're almost done. Reconciliation means atonement or forgiveness. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 19 says that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. Reconciliation is going to be made for the children of Israel. God's answer has always been to make reconciliation by sending his son as the redeemer, as the Messiah. Isaiah chapter 59 said, prophesying centuries before Christ was born, 700 years before he was born, the redeemer will come to Zion and to those who turn from transgression in Jacob. Jesus is coming. What else? 70 weeks are determined. Why? Because to bring in everlasting righteousness. I believe that this is speaking of the millennial kingdom. When Jesus returns, he's riding on a horse. And all those who know him, we're coming in the clouds of glory. 
Jesus is going to be writing. It's at the end of the tribulation period. He's going to come, and he's going to come from heaven, and all the world is going to see him and listen. He's going to come into, the, into Armageddon. He's going to cast the Antichrist. He's going to cast the false prophet into the lake of fire, and then he's going to ride to Jerusalem, and Jesus is going to rule and reign from Jerusalem. Jeremiah chapter 23 says, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, that I will raise to David a branch of righteousness. A king shall reign and prosper and execute judgment and righteousness in the earth. In his days, Judah will be saved and Israel will dwell safely. Now this is his name by which he will be called. The Lord our righteousness. Listen, this is speaking of that same time in the millennial kingdom. Again, when Jesus rides into Jerusalem, rules and reigns right there from Jerusalem, the thousand-year millennial kingdom kicks off, and he is the Lord our righteousness. This is the same time that the Bible describes in Isaiah chapter 11, that the wolf also shall dwell with the lamb. The leopard shall lie down with the young goat, the calf and the young lion, and the fatling together, and a little child shall lead them. Listen, there's going to be peace. But before we get to that peace, before Jesus comes back to rule and reign from Jerusalem, this world is going to go through some tough stuff. God says 70 weeks are determined. That final seven-year period is coming. It's determined. And again, we have this giant wake-up call. What else? Final two things. Another reason for the 70th week is this to seal up vision and prophecy. Here, Daniel is letting us know that when the, the final tribulation period comes, that 70th week of Daniel, the final seven years, God is going to finish prophecy in regards to the world as we, as we know it now before the millennial kingdom and, and, and the new heaven and the earth. But as far as we know it now, you better believe it. He's going to seal up vision and prophecy. Listen, many great and good things will still come in the future. But understand this. Prophecy is irreversible. It will be completed. Understand this. If prophecy didn't happen, that would make God a liar. So God is telling us it is going to happen. Don't be surprised. I hear people all the time will tell me that have been going to church. Oh, it's just allegorical. It's just symbolic. You can't believe all this stuff. Listen, it's going to happen. It's going to happen exactly as God says it's going to happen. And if it doesn't, then God is a liar. And God is not a liar. Prophecy is irreversible. Prophecy regarding the world as we know it is about ready to be completed. And the final reason why the seven-year tribulation period is coming is to anoint the most holy. Listen, Jesus is coming again. Do you know him? Listen, this is what the Bible says, Isaiah chapter 46. God says, my counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. Indeed, I have spoken it. I will also bring it to pass. I have purposed it. I will also do it. Listen, folks, this is a wake-up call. If you know the Lord, you need to tell other people about him. You need to uh, get up out of your seats. You need to get up off your couches. You need to get to know your neighbors. You need to tell them about Jesus. You don't, and don't be a jerk about it either. Go out there and tell them the truth. God loves them. God sent his son to this world to die for them that anyone who would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Listen, you have the message of hope. You have the message of eternal life. God wants to save. And you want to know something else? Jesus isn't going to return to rule and reign from Jerusalem until Israel turns to him. This is fascinating to think about it. 
But at the same time, you may be someone, you're sitting there thinking, man, this preacher seems kind of mad. Listen, I kind of, I'll tell you what I am. I'm very concerned. I think the church needs to wake up. And, I, and I'm very concerned about anybody who doesn't know the Lord. Because what's coming is not pleasant when I look at the seven-year tribulation period. And God says it will come. Listen, you need to be forewarned. I wouldn't be telling you the truth if all I did was just tell you the happy stories and, and the fun stuff and the things that make people feel good. L listen, this, I'm going to read this to you real quick before we wrap up. Uh, Dr. Michael Brown had written this uh, just the other day. Um, uh, and there's so many other things I want to share with you tonight, but I'm not going to go there. Uh, but consider these words. I shared these a couple of weeks ago. Uh, science says, how risky is that virus? Your mind may mislead you. It says this, emotions are the filters through which we see facts. Interesting, isn't it? And that's what we're, we're going through. Whichever side of this you're on, emotions cause us to see facts the way we, we, our emotions lead us. But Michael Brown wrote this. Now consider these words. Four shocks of revelation. One day everything will be shaken. It's true that the coronavirus is causing upheaval around the world. Whole countries are being quarantined. Massive sports events are being canceled. Schools are being closed. The stock markets are collapsing. But this is a mere tremor compared to what is coming. One day the whole earth will be shaken. Listen, I, I, this is the warning we need to heed. As the author of Hebrews tells us, the Lord has promised once more I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. This is how Jesus described it, he wrote. Uh, there will be signs in the sun, the moon, and the stars. On earth, the nations will be in perplexity. Men's hearts will fail them from the fear and expectation of what is coming upon the planet. Man, are we witnessing that. That's Luke chapter 21, speaking of the last days. And then he continues, or in the vivid language of the book of Revelation, then the kings of the earth, the princes, the generals, the rich, the mighty, and everyone else, both slave and free, will hide in caves among the rocks of the mountains, and they will call on the rocks to fall on them and hide them from the face of the Lamb as the judgment of the tribulation period is coming. Listen, folks, we're not living in the tribulation. This is not that judgment that the Bible speaks of. I simply believe this is a shout from heaven to wake up. And then he writes this, can you even imagine a scene like this? Very few want to talk about God's judgment day, even within the church. He said this, preachers choose to avoid it, and the congregants cheer them on. Give us the sweet stuff. Give us the happy stuff. Tell us nice stories. Make us smile. We don't want to hear about judgment. That makes God sound so mean. To the contrary, that makes God sound just. He will judge unrighteousness. He will punish the wicked. He will bring retribution. But that is good news for the righteous and for the godly. As the psalmist said, let all creation rejoice before the Lord, for he comes. He comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples in his faithfulness. Listen, the day is coming when vaccines uh, or cures will not be able to save mankind. Uh, there will be no intervention by the federal government. There will be no way of escape other than running to the Lord for mercy and taking refuge under his wings. Judgment certainly is coming. You look at this and you think, man, this does not sound good. But listen, even though it's terrifying, there is hope. Proverbs says the name of the Lord is a fortified tower. The righteous run into it and they are saved. And Psalm 91 declares there is a place of protection, a hiding place in God most high. That's why Jesus said to his followers, when you see these things begin to take place, folks, you are seeing them. 
not just begin to take place. We've been watching this. When you see these things begin to take place, look up for your redemption draws near. I'm very concerned. And I know this message has been direct. It's been up front, but we need to wake up. Jesus is coming. My concern is not whether or not you like me. My concern is whether or not you, you know Jesus Christ, whether or not you are forgiven of your sin. Listen, this is what matters. Judgment is real. Heaven is real and hell is real. Jesus talked about hell. Listen, uh, here's the deal. God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son that whoever believes in him won't perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that through him you might be saved. Let me give you a quick story. I met this man one time. He was in his 80s, and he was about ready to die. His name was Bud. And his family said, hey, uh, my grandfather, his granddaughter came by and saw me and said, my grandfather, Bud, he's about ready to die, and he doesn't know the Lord. Will you come and tell him about Jesus so that he gets saved? And I thought, I'll come and tell him, but I, don't, I can't make a person be saved. I went over to the house, and when I sat there at the house, I noticed that uh, uh, the, the whole family was there, grandchildren, uh, uh, great-grandchildren, uh, his wife was there, a lot of people were there, but Bud was in the back room. I went into the back room where Bud was, and I had my Bible in my hand, and I could tell that Bud didn't like the look of me with my Bible. So I, 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 I went out to the other room with everybody that was there, and I said, listen, let me go talk to Bud for a minute. So I went back into Bud, and I said, Bud, I can tell you don't like looking at me with this Bible. Let me set it down. Let me just ask you one question, all right? Um, I want you to know that, that, uh, that I'm here to pray with you, and I want to answer any question that you have. So if you have a question for me, uh, just tell me what it is. And he said, okay, uh, preacher man, or whatever he called me. He said, I have this question. If God is real, why doesn't he love me? And if God is real, why does this hurt so much? Bud was going through cancer. He was sitting on a couch. He was hooked up to oxygen. He had all these pain pills behind him. Why does it hurt so much? Why did God never show me that he loved me? I said, Bud, God showed you that he loved you all of the days of your life. He blessed you with great-grandchildren, grandchildren, children. He blessed you with a wonderful wife. He blessed you with a business. He is a contractor. He blessed you with houses and investments. He blessed you with all kinds of good things and you never would turn to him in the good things that he gave to you. And you want to know something right now, but in these hard things, in all the pain, God is shouting at you in your pain and in your misery because he knows that the place that you're going if you don't receive him is going to be far worse than the pain that you're experiencing now. Listen, I looked at him, I prayed with him. I said, Bud, you can ask Christ to forgive you of your sin. And he said, I want to do that. You can repent. He said, I want to do that. So what repent was? To repent is to make a U-turn. And Bud did exactly that. Bud asked Christ to forgive him, and he repented of his sins, and Bud uh, passed away three days later. I'm going to see Bud in heaven again. Listen, God is shouting to the world right now, and we have a choice to make. We can be angry at God, or we can say, God, I need to be forgiven. I want to encourage you right now, if you don't know the Lord, ask Christ to give to forgive you. Pray this with me. Dear Lord Jesus, I recognize I'm a sinner, and I ask that you'll forgive me of my sin. I repent of my sin and unbelief, and I surrender to you as Lord. I, I ask that you'll forgive me all the days of my life. I will follow you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Listen, the worship team's going to close us out with one song, and, uh, and listen, they're going to close out with one song, so I want you to stay there. We're going to worship the Lord, all right? This is what we're going to do. I also want you to know this. If you pray to receive Christ, 
Listen, our church office is open here in Southern California at 412 Church. You can also contact me or, or uh, one of my friends online through Hope for Our Times. You can see the contact us. You can, you can also Facebook me. I check my inbox. Uh, in books. I check my inbox. I'll be checking it tonight. You can also contact us through 412 Church. We would love to give you a Bible wherever you are in the world. We'll do whatever we can. Listen, Jesus loves you. But with that, are you guys ready to play? Go ahead. We're going to have one last closing worship song. Listen, God bless. Thanks for listening and being a part of this week's podcast. Before you go, I'd like to invite you to visit our website, hopeforourtimes.com, and check out the many resources we have to offer. On our website, we have books, DVDs, and daily news articles that will always keep you up to date on the times we're living in. If you'd like to see the video version of this week's podcast, you can find us at Hope For Our Times on YouTube. God bless, and we'll talk to you next time.